being kinder to myself meant looking in the mirror and not looking at my lower belly and be like, I hate you, you know, or like my arms are flabby today. Why do you look like that? And I'm going to go punish myself and do more hours at the gym or like eat even stricter. It was looking at my body as simply a vessel and realizing that right now what I need is to pay attention and nurture my inner self. My butt is too big. My butt is too small. I freaking hate my thighs. I absolutely hate my tummy. My legs are too damn muscly. My legs are freaking too skinny. I need to add some muscle. I must lose some weight. Now, I'm guessing one of these probably resonated with you. Why? Because guys, sadly, most of us have this negative self-judgment. Shaming ourselves every time we walk past the mirror just becomes normal to the point where we don't even realize we're doing it. And what's even worse is it's become so normal that we even say it out loud nonchalantly to our friends. But what if I flipped the opening statement? What if I replaced my with your? Your butt is too big. Your butt is too small. I freaking hate your thighs. I hate your tummy. It's horrifying, right? If you heard someone say that to someone else, you would be freaking mortified. It's outright mean and just damn right cruel. But yet, that's exactly how we treat ourselves. So how do we learn to talk kindly to ourselves? How do we make improvements without tearing ourselves down? Well, lucky for us, today's Women of Impact is the absolute perfect person to help guide us. An award-winning fitness instructor, entrepreneur and personality, she is the genius behind the juggernaut Pop Pilates and has been featured everywhere from Good Morning America to Dr. Oz and People Magazine to the New York Times as well as Grace, the cover of Health Magazine. With a newly released fitness collection in Target, she is the creator of Blogilates, the number one female fitness channel with over 5.5 million subscribers on YouTube and close to 835 million views. So guys, please welcome the fitness queen herself, one of my favorite homies on the freaking planet, Cassie Ho. <laughs> so excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Oh my God. I've got so much to talk to you about and where I'm going to start is a very, very powerful quote that you said. From a very young age, I linked people liking me to my weight and my weight to my success and my success to my happiness. I hated that my body was the source of my unhappiness. All right, girl, I want to start there because... People may see you as this, you know, extremely beautiful, really fit fitness influencer. And what I think is the most powerful is that you've gone through your own journey. Mm -hmm. And through your own journey, you are talking about it and showing that it's not easy no matter who you are. So talk to me about recently you've been, you went through um, a transformation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what actually started that and then how you dealt with it. Okay, so back um, now two summers ago, I was at this business and marriage retreat with Sam. And it was during that retreat that I kind of came to this realization that I was no longer being myself. And for the past several years, I've just 
continued to mold myself into what I wanted, what I thought other people wanted me to be so I wouldn't upset anyone, I wouldn't offend anyone, and I felt, I felt like I had lost my voice. And I told him, I wanna do something that is probably gonna upset people, but it's going to make me happy because I need to get back on track with being very intense with my life. Because, because you weren't intense, you stopped being intense? Well, here's the thing, I, I feel like, and I, can all, and I can trace back how this all happened too. So after my bikini competition in 2012, and that's like super intense, right? You're super into nutrition, super into fitness. Then I let my body heal because I had um, a metabolic damage. And during that period too, I was also getting really into body positivity and really learning to love my body as it changed in shape. Mm. You know, going from super crazy lean to now a little bit softer and everything. And so I think I began to get more, I, I was kind with myself in, just healing, eating foods that I hadn't eaten during my competition and things like that. And also it kind of cultivated an audience where it was like, it's okay. Uh, if you don't feel like working out today, it's fine. And it, like, I think that's good, but I think my brand started to turn into that. Whereas naturally I am a very intense person. When I want something, I will do whatever it takes to get there. I mean, you're the same. And um, I wanted to be more of that. But I felt like anytime I even showed an inkling of that, people would be like, whoa, 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 like that's too much. Mm -hmm. But that was because of the audience that I started to build while I was healing from my fitness competition journey. So you just said something, so you were started to be kinder to yourself. Mm -hmm. What does that actually look like? Being kinder to myself meant looking in the mirror and not looking at my lower belly and be like, I hate you, you know, or like my arms are flabby today. Why do you look like that? And I'm gonna go punish myself and do more hours at the gym or like eat even stricter. It was looking at my body as simply a vessel and realizing that right now, what I need is to pay attention and nurture my inner self, my skills, my talent, what other things I can give to the world that isn't my body. That was being kinder to myself. Dude, that is so powerful. And I just wanna go a little bit deeper mm -hmm. because here's the thing, it sounds great, right? And it's like, I wanna be kinder to myself, mm -hmm. but so many people have had years and years and years of looking in the mirror and not being kind. Mm -hmm. So once you make that decision, how do you actually then put it into practice? So think about people at home right now that wanna change, they look in the mirror, they're always just negative about themselves. They mm -hmm. realize it's not doing themselves any good. Mm -hmm. So they're like, all right, I've heard Cassie, I really wanna like change. And the next time they look in the mirror, habitually, you just, those negative thoughts come to you. Right. So how did you actually break that? Okay, so there are some tactical things that I did um, because during my competition, I was trained to step on the scale every single day. And so if that number didn't go down or if my, uh, my lean body mass didn't go up and my fat percentage didn't go down, then I was doing something wrong. So I had really gotten into this routine of like the number is depicting how hard I'm working. So once I decided to heal and not do that anymore and the weight was going up, that number was just too much for me. Mm -hmm. So I literally didn't step on the scale for a few years, which is a good thing. However, it gets to a point when you realize it's not that you threw away the scale because you had power over it. You threw away the scale because you're scared of it. And how I actually found my confidence again was 
having a very specific purpose for my journey and working so hard to get there. And so my original journey, I guess tagline you call it, was to get in the best physical and mental shape of my life, like ever, like not even comparing to when I was on the varsity tennis team in high school or any other time, or even on the bikini competition stage, now is when I wanted to do it. And it wasn't just gonna be about the body, it was gonna be in here too. Cause like I said, I was crying because I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be me so authentically. And I didn't care if I was gonna lose followers because who cares, are they running my life? Like, no, like it's nice to have fans, but it's not nice when they don't believe in you. So when I announced that I was gonna do that, I shared all my stats. It was a storm and I got some of the worst comments ever saying, you are a shame to all womankind. You are a hypocrite and like all this terrible stuff. I, it was really painful, but at the same time, it was fine. It was like, it was the shedding of what I was no longer. Dude, that's so powerful. And the reason why I really want to talk about this is your story is it's universal in the sense of the issue itself. Now, mm-hmm. of course, you're doing it on a center stage, right? You're doing it in front of millions of people. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it's your mom, mm-hmm. it's your partner, mm-hmm. it's a friend, it's something like that, where some people don't necessarily want to see you change, right? Where it's- Oh, a lot of people don't want to see you change. Okay, yeah. so you had decided, I want to be me. Mm-hmm. And so with that, then came a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. So how did you then pass through all the backlash to not let it derail you because so many people allow other people's opinions to dictate how they should feel about themselves, Mm -hmm. what they should think about themselves. Um, So how did you do that? And stay true to, I still want to change because that's the thing, right? Some people may be, no, you're fine the way you are. Mm. Now there's that element of, I'm fine the way I am, but I actually want to improve. Yes. So yes. how do you juggle that and go, actually, no, I do want to improve, mm-hmm. but still, God, love yourself mm-hmm. as you are. Yeah. The, you know, there's a camp of people who believe that if you want to change, it means you don't love yourself. What? And that just, no, that you can do both because in loving yourself, you want to improve yourself. And for me, I'm the type of person that if I don't see progress, if I stay stagnant, that is my unhappiness. My happiness is in growth. So I need to constantly be changing. And I, th- I think that if you set a very strong goal and realize that at the end of the day, your happiness matters more than making other people happy, then it doesn't matter what they think. And it took me a long time to get there. I, on that car ride to the airport, I broke and said, I am no longer myself. So once you realize that you are not being authentic to yourself, it doesn't matter what other people are saying because you have to take care of your happiness first. Because without your happiness, you can't give to other people anyway. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, I want to talk about the scale, actually. So you yeah. did a video that was so powerful. I've watched it like five times, just so you know. It, like on repeat. So you've got four stages of relationships mm-hmm. that people have with the scales. And it was so impactful to me when I heard you break them down. So I'd love for you to do that with the audience and us go deep on and out. Mm-hmm. So I want to go through the first one. Mm-hmm. The first one is the non-existent relationship that you have with scales. Okay, so non-existent for me lasted probably from age zero to the moment this other kid pointed at me and said, why are you so fat? Literally my weight had nothing to do with anything in my life until that moment. So that is the non-existent relationship. 
where people simple. just don't even it use... just doesn't matter it literally doesn't matter which would be nice. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then you've got the second relationship, which is the abusive relationship. So the abusive relationship is the relationship that I think a lot of young girls get into, where you step on the scale, and if it's lower, it makes you happy. If it's higher, it makes you sad. And I had, oh my gosh, so many years of my life wasted on this, where if I stepped on the scale and it was higher than I wanted to be, I would curl up in fetal position, just cry for about 10 minutes. Like that's how much power the scale had over me. So that's what I would call abusive. Yeah, girl, Mm -hmm. I so relate to that. It made me dictate how I ate that day. Oh yeah. And how much water I drank. If I step on at what time of day? Mm -hmm. And did I just have a sip of water? Is that gonna make it, oh my God, I've got socks on. Like it became just so all encompassing. Right, right. And that is not what you want because in the abusive relationship, you let a number control your day. How Mm. stupid is that? Yeah. That's crazy. It is. And so natural that it's scary that so many of us do it without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I did it for years without consciously realizing that I was putting myself down. Like at the time, it almost felt like I was taking control. Mm. I'm stepping on the scale Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be able to try and control that number. Mm -hmm. Right? And it was a weird, unhealthy relationship with it where looking back now, it was the most abusive thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. you hit the nail on the head when you said abusive. Yeah, definitely abusive. So you have to break out of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So then your third relationship is the breakup. Yep, there you go. (laughs) So the breakup is when you toss the scale or you put it in a closet, you don't look at it for a while. I think this step is so necessary and so empowering. I want people to get to step three. Step four, I think is gonna take um, a little bit more time, but we're gonna hang out in step three for a second. Because the moment you take something negative out of your life, because you do see it as a negative thing, you are able to fill that space with something else. You can focus on something else instead of stepping on a thing in the morning and feeling bad about yourself or feeling good about yourself. Now you have the mental capacity to focus on your skills, your talent, and all the other amazing things that are happening that are not your weight. So I highly suggest that anyone going through an abusive scale relationship, Mm. they need to take the scale out of their life until at some point, they, they can see the scale again simply as a tool, not as something that can tell you if you're gonna have a good day or a bad day. Mm. And that's gonna take a long, well, it could take a long time or it could take a lot of work to get there. And for me, it took me a few years before I could step on the scale again and feel like this is just a data point. Oh, I wanna go down, yeah. uh, down that road on what the work was. Um, And I just want to point out, I I did exactly the same. Mm. So it got to the point where it was running my life and it wasn't until my health completely declined Mm. and I, you know, had massive health gut issues that I was like, right now, I just need to be able to eat. Forget about how much I weigh. I just have to consume food because I couldn't consume the food that I was eating. So I was just withering away, as you know. And so that was actually the catalyst for me throwing the scale away. Mm. Now, I actually look back in hindsight and go, thank God I threw the scale away, but it took me that extreme of Mm -hmm. a health thing to force me to do it, to then see how unhealthy it was. And throwing it away to me was the most important thing that I did. Now, here's the thing, I haven't picked it back up. And you don't have to. So getting to step step four is not necessary. I think getting to step four only matters if you need to use a scale and you don't 
want it to have that power over you. So I'm gonna before we get to step yeah, okay, four though, I want to okay. talk about still throwing okay. it away. So what about the people that throw it away and then become unhealthy because they're not necessarily holding themselves to anything? Like some people yeah. almost held the weight as a health thing, right? So let's say you throw it away. I've known some people yeah. that threw it away and then went and ate McDonald's and Ding Dongs yeah. for years and years because they're like, wow, you know, I'm I'm free. And you freaking flip yeah. all the way over to the other side. I have so much to say about that because I think it's balance, right? So I think it is really important to be able to have your McDonald's when you feel like it and not feel bad about it, but also understand that when you go overboard in one direction, it's going to come back to bite you, okay? Like I think McDonald's and eating ice cream and milkshakes, it's really fun. For me, that's like soul food. It makes me really happy. But the truth is when I eat too much of that, my skin breaks out, I'm bloated, uh, my run times aren't as fast, I'm weaker. Now, is that worth it? Like, if you don't care, then cool. If food makes you happy, that's fine. But for me, my health is so important. We've got mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health, right? And so you can indulge a little but not to the point where it's gonna break you in other areas of your life. So I think a scale is one way you can check and you know stay on track, but if you don't like the scale, there's measurements, right? There's checking if your clothes still fit. There's also, I mean, just doing a mental check. Like, do I feel good? Do I feel strong? Are my runs getting faster? Can I lift mm -hmm. heavier? There's so many different ways to check your progress, but I personally feel like it's irresponsible to say like, I'm just doing whatever I want because I love my body and like whatever, whatever. And then you just don't feel good. That I think at some point you're going to have to realize what is feeling good, what is happiness and what is health for me. It's going to look different for everyone, mm -hmm. but you just can't fake that eating McDonald's every day is going to be healthy for you because it's not. I love that you just said, what is happiness and health to me? Mm -hmm. And that's such a powerful question. I think almost everyone needs to kind of start from there. Mm -hmm. Because like what you were saying, you were assessing your energy, your mm -hmm. runtime. And these are all things that are important to you. Now, mm -hmm. other people, it may not be important, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's important to, let's say, let's say you've got kids and you want to like mm -hmm. be around for your kids. Can you chase your kids around the house? Um, things like that, like identifying what is important and then how your health is hindering you mm -hmm. from doing that importance. I think exactly. it's actually a really great driving force. Mm -hmm. In fact, tell us the story of the the, the one and only time you were on set doing a fitness video Ugh. and you had to ask them to stop. Oh my gosh. So this was this was the moment I knew I had to change things. Um, so for everyone watching, anytime you see me doing a YouTube video workout, it's 100% of the way through. There are no breaks. Every time you see anything, even there was like a close-up shot, that's close-up shot taken during the real workout. I never take a break. And because I'm a trained group fitness instructor, you're supposed to perform the whole time. So mm. you don't stop. Um, so this was probably like eight months into me healing from my metabolic damage, eating like whatever, like pizza, fried chicken, noodles, like literally whatever. And I had to film, I think it was like this fat burning cardio or something. And I was getting so out of breath that I had to be like, okay, can we take a break? And I just felt like it's gone too far. Like, the scale was gone, but that video showed me you are no longer in like optimal physical health. This is your career. Like you need to take care of yourself. Like I don't care about how my belly looks, how my arms look. You can't even finish your workout. Like 
I don't want to say it's a shame, but a little bit, right? Like I should be so in check with my health. So it was from that moment that I realized I need to begin finding the joy in my workout again, the joy in my food and just healing in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think being able to let go and eat whatever you want is really important during um, the healing of metabolic damage because you just don't don't even know what's going on. You got to calibrate. But again, the definition of happiness and health is going to be so different for everyone. It was during that video that I was like, I can't do that anymore. If you have big, beautiful, incredible, audacious dreams for your online business, but you actually lack the confidence in your ability to then actually make it happen. And I promise you, my homie, and I say this with all the love and compassion in my heart, your company will never get where you want it to go. I've been there, guys. In Growing Quest, I had to face myself every day. I didn't know what I was doing. And I really wish that I had Shopify at the time. Because when you choose to grow your business with Shopify, you have everything you need to make your dreams a reality. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with their incredible Magic AI, award-winning customer service, and the internet's best converting checkout, you literally have everything you need to make all of your amazing businesses' dreams a reality. And that's exactly why I adore and love Shopify. If you're serious about growing your freaking badass business and you want to build your confidence and have faith, then Shopify is here for you. So go over right now and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash lisa all lowercase guys. Again, that is go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. One more time, that's shopify.com slash Lisa. You won't regret it. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc.com dot com slash lisa and download the zocdoc app for absolutely free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash lisa zocdoc.com slash lisa knowing you should eat healthy is one thing you know on a monday after you've had a weekend of 
utter food debauchery, but actually doing it day after day after day, in and out every single day, let's be real, is freaking a lot harder. Especially when it's hard to find high quality animal proteins that aren't overprocessed or pumped with hormones and other harmful ingredients that cause freaking chaos to your body, your hormones, and yep, your brain. And that's why I utterly recommend to anyone that will possibly listen that you source your meats and seafood from my favorite brand where unbelievable high quality is guaranteed. And that's my mate ButcherBox. I literally am obsessed with them guys and I eat their food every single day. Hence why I just keep a box in my kitchen. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers the high quality meats and seafood directly to your door. So if you're freaking busy, you don't have to waste time. You can choose from different cuts of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood with no added hormones or antibiotics ever, ever, ever. Now, ButcherBox makes it so easy to eat better with the best meat and seafood on the planet that you can actually trust, just like I do. So sign up right now at butcherbox.com slash W-O-I and get our special deal right now. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast or steak tips free in every order for an entire year. So sign up today at butcherbox.com slash W-O-I for Women of Impact and use code W-O-I to choose your free for a year offer. Plus you get $20 off your first order right now. Go over, you won't regret it. That's why I love like what you said because if everyone can identify what that actually is for them, and then every day say, are you moving towards it or away from it? And at what point have you gone too far? So for you, it was having to have that moment of out of breath where you're like, okay, I've gone too far in the opposite mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. So now talk to me about relearning everything and then actually figuring out how the hell you love your body yeah. um, just the way it is and push yourself to be better. So what yeah. was that, that stepping stone? It's a really complicated jigsaw puzzle, right? Because... I, when I got to my bikini competition level, I was so lean and then I loved what I saw in the mirror, but <sighs> something inside me was always like, it's not good enough. Like it's never good enough. Like, so even though looking back, I'm like, wow, I was in such great shape. The day of my competition, I still saw my lower belly as fat. Like I just didn't like it. Um, so you had so, totally slipped into body dysmorphia. Oh, totally. 100%. Um, also was scared of food. Like it was just yeah. bad all around emotionally, mentally, physically and everything. So I had to practice what does it mean to love my workout again? Because when I was training mm. for that competition, it was four hours of working out a day, like two hours weightlifting, two hours cardio. Yeah, for eight weeks straight. And it wasn't that long, but it had such a huge impact. I mean, I'm still talking about it. Mm. Um, that I lost the joy in my workout because I was working out just for physical vanity. And that cannot last. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I worked out because it made me feel good. Like I walked into a studio, I taught people, they felt good, I felt good, we spread that joy. And I had just lost that feeling entirely. And, you know, having to film workout videos while gaining weight on YouTube, that also made me lose the joy in my working out because mm -hmm. now I was being judged for the way that I look. And I couldn't even do my workout properly. Like it was just bad times. So what I had to do was try different things. And 
at that time, Sam was like, you just seem so unhappy. You should do something that makes you happy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to weight lift. I, I don't even feel like doing Pilates. He's like, why don't you dance? And I was like, dance? He was like, yeah, you love dancing. Go back to dance. I hadn't danced for so many years. He bought me a five pack to a local dance studio. Literally, I had so much fun. I was sweating. It didn't feel like a workout. And I was like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is what it's supposed to be. And that is what got me on the right track mm. mentally. So I think for anyone out there struggling with, you know, their, their body image, with their fitness journey, because you just feel purposeless, try to seek what makes you smile because that is going to be the key with everything. God, I love yeah. that. Okay, so take me, keep going down the journey of how you then transition um, to your, your 90 day. My 90 day. Yeah. Okay, so um, metabolic damage happening, kind of started to heal it. So that was all good. And then just two summers ago, um, I decided I'm going to get in the best physical and mental shape of my life. So I wouldn't have been able to do this had I not gone through the healing though. I, there's right. no way okay. I could have gone from bikini competition to 90 day journey. I would have been so messed up mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have gone into that journey with the right intention. Mm -hmm. It would have just been physical again, which is not where I wanted my head to be. So going to the 90 day journey, I said I was going to blog every single day because part of this was going to be about that therapeutic healing as well. And I love writing. I've been a blogger since forever. And those years of being online, having people tell me who I, who I should be and who I shouldn't be actually stopped me from blogging at all. I used to blog every single day, seven days a week. It was like my diary and it felt so good. And as the years came on, I think there were months I did one post a, a month because I was anything I said would be like judge so hard and I let those judgments control my actions which is not where I want to be right I'm the CEO of my life I should be able to do whatever I want and so in this 90 day journey I was going to blog every single day for and 90 these days. were all the intentions you wrote out I wrote them out and that's a really important thing when you go on any type of journey you have to write out your rules mm -hmm. so that you stay in line. And I think it's really important to be very strict and rigid with yourself so that you know exactly where you're going and how you're going to get there. However, one thing that made my journey so successful was that it started with the rigidity as structure, but I, from the beginning, said I was going to allow flexibility. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. How do you do both? Because I'm sure there are moments that you, yeah. you're not always going to be perfect and the pressure of being perfect almost then takes you back to... Exactly. Yeah. You have to allow flexibility because you can start with what you think is going to work, but that's not going to be the reality, right? So like I started off my journey being like, okay, I'm going to go keto because I had never tried that before. And it was working for a little bit. Then I just noticed I was so dehydrated and I was getting these crazy headaches and I was so slow when I was running. Like just, I just didn't have the feel that I needed for my type of body. So I tweaked, I said, okay, we're gonna take out the dairy because I'm lactose intolerant anyway. So why am I eating dairy to begin with? I'm eating too many nuts. So we're gonna uh, do a little bit less there. Let's add back in fruits and more vegetables and things like that. Then I started to feel better. And I just kept tweaking mm. and tweaking until the results started changing the way that I wanted them to. Um, my, my body fat percentage began to go down. My weight started to go down. Um, and there were moments where I plateaued and I wrote about it. I wrote about how frustrating it was to like be so meticulous about everything I was doing and it's still not working. But that's your body. It doesn't go in a straight line. It goes up and down and it plateaus. Okay, so in those yeah. moments, how did you then though not allow it to make you 
go back in the corner and cry yourself for 10 minutes versus just you journaled and you stayed on track? It's part of the journey. You can't keep going forward all the time. There's going to be times when you step back a lot and then you go forward more. Like it's just part of it. And mm -hmm. these challenges were amazing because they helped me get more creative. They're telling me, Cassie, it's not working. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so those moments forced me to change my diet, forced me to change my workout and just try different things or being like, you're probably not sleeping enough. Why don't you try it this week? So it kept it exciting actually there's always something new to write about something to experiment and i was like i am not going to give up i said i'm going to go for 90 days i am going for 90 days and at some point i was like so tired to be like 11 30 p.m and i hadn't blogged for the day but i was like i'm going to do this because i promised i was going to do it mm. and so it just kept me really in line with a routine and i was just determined to like get in the best shape of my life i was just i was just going to do it and so once you got to the end of the 90 days, mm -hmm. how did you feel? Um, and how do you avoid slipping back? Because that's mm -hmm. a big thing as well, yeah. is that there are so many people that yeah. just fluctuate their entire lives. So how have you been able to sustain that? And I don't even want to pressure you mm -hmm. in thinking, who knows what's going to happen next year? Mm -hmm. who, who knows what's going to happen in a couple of years, right? There may be issues that arise for me, you, whoever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But right now, how have you been able to stay on your path? So I've been on this path now for over a year. It's probably been a year and three months since the end of my 90 day journey. And honestly, I was a little bit afraid of being like, okay, if I, if I don't be this intense the whole time, right. am I going to slip back? And there are people saying like, okay, Cassie, so you went 90 days, but how are you gonna like maintain it? And the truth is after doing something for 90 days, you've built an actual habit. Like, I wake up now, the first thing I do, um, you know, after getting ready and stuff, is I go run, then I do some weightlifting and Pilates in my home gym. And that's how I start my day. There is no question, there is no other way that I start my day because I feel so good. And it's that feeling that I'm chasing, that I want, because without that feeling, it's gonna affect the rest of my oh, relationships, yeah. my business. And I have to tell you, Lisa, like, after my 90-day journey, something magical happened mm -hmm. that came from within here that has affected everything around me, but my business has never been better. Like mm -hmm. everything has just been growing so much. And there's this confidence inside me that I've never had on this level. Like I am no longer afraid to stand up for myself, um, say things that might cause controversy if I believe in it. And that's just not who I was. I was raised mm -hmm. to be a very obedient girl, listen to, everyone don't upset anyone just put your head down and just be passive i'm no longer that person that person doesn't exist and it came out of my 90-day journey which most people think was you know a weight loss journey or fitness journey yeah. it was so internal and it has done so much for me that i just i'm so grateful that i went to that retreat broke down and decided to do this thing went through the fire and the controversy and then here i am it's just been incredibly magical god that's yeah. so amazing it's such a testament and a great example of how, you know, I opened the intro with people just, we look in the mirror and we just insult ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that spreads, in my opinion, it's like poison. It seeps into everything you do. But the second you change the framing of that to instead of looking in the mirror and hating yourself to go by how you feel mm. what can i do what can i eat what exercise can i do to make myself feel better because anyone that is now looking to make a change mm. it's like 
How do they make a change for life? This isn't a like. I hope they watch this and they get you know they lose some power. Like wait, no. This whole thing is about how on earth do you accept yourself, freaking love yourself, and still push yourself to get better and be better、mm-hmm. for your own sake. And the fact that you did it, and now it's reflected in everything you do. Your confidence. Let's guys. If you want confidence, rewatch this episode. Like the amount of people that say to me, "How do you get confidence?"、Mm-hmm. It is you beautifully just broke it down for them. Of confidence in yourself, but your business,、mm-hmm. your relationship.、Mm-hmm. Like that's so beautiful. It's incredible when you are able to set a goal and then just allow yourself to get there. Like it sounds. Like so basic, I suppose, but it's about not giving up because it's the moment when you almost give up, but you don't. That that is、mm. when the magic happens. You just have to keep going. And if your why is strong enough, right? My why was again the best physical, mental shape of my life. I wanted to find who I was again. If it's strong enough, you will get there. Maybe it takes a little bit longer than you thought, but you will. Just don't give up.、Mm. Yeah. How did you then, just through that journey, did you have any moments where you? We're either comparing yourself to other people、mm-hmm. because obviously I know you know we've spoken many times on like the comparison is thief for joy. Yeah. So how have you dealt with comparison? So the comparison thing, I totally understand on many different levels, and I'll get into it. But I do want to say that when I did share my body weight, my body fat, and everything, people were really upset because they were saying. Oh, but I weigh more than you. Should I feel bad about myself because you want to change and you're, you know, twenty pounds less than me? And I was just like, oh my gosh! Like I'm trying to be so authentic, but you are taking this information and turning it in a bad way for you. And so for those viewers, I literally was like, look, if this journey of mine isn't serving you right now, you should probably unfollow me because、yeah. I am just going to keep doing this and. I'll serve you when this is over. You know what I'm saying. So anyway, there was that part of the comparison. But in terms of Cassie currently comparing herself, before people, you go on, that、mm, was really、yeah. powerful because that's the thing. You don't want to make other people feel badly, but yeah, you can't let other people's emotions dictate how you exactly behave. So you just have to know what your intention is, right? My intention was to get in the best physical and mental shape of my life and find myself again. And for me, my guidelines were putting it out there so that I would be accountable, and so that I would know how are my numbers changing every week. Numbers was just one portion of it. There was so much else going on,、um, but I needed accountability on that level too. Because as a fitness person, I'm going to use fitness as a healing tool too. So that was really important to me. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We're going to go、yeah. into the next step. So during my 90 day journey, I. I don't remember comparing myself to other people because I was so focused on and in my own lane,、mm-hmm. so that、um, was fine. But just as a person, I compare myself to people all the time, actually.、Um, but I do it in a purposeful way. Like I'll compare myself to a role model that I have and being like, "What steps do I need to take to get there?"、Mm-hmm. And definitely, I will get into places where I'm like. Oh, why does she have this? Or she looks like that? It's not fair. And then you just have to be like, stop, just stop. Why? What good does that do when you're running a race and you keep looking behind or to the side or over there? Focus in your lane. That's how you get to where you want to be. And you literally just tell yourself, just stop. Well, I complain a little bit to Sam, and he tells me, can you stop? And I'd be like, okay, fine.、Mm. But I do have to like. I think it's okay to like. Let those feelings out and just be like they're here and not pretend like they don't exist because、mm. I think that's toxic too. Realize that they're there and realize that you don't want to feel that way, 
and then work on getting rid of that feeling. Um, I think jealousy is one of the the most toxic negative feelings ever. And any moment that I begin to even feel like a smidge of that when I'm comparing myself to someone, I need to be like, stop, Mm. stop. What are you doing? Stop doing that. It's kind of like a little slap on the wrist. Yeah, it's so powerful what you just said there that you can, some some comparisons are so powerful. Mm. Like to know, okay, I'm comparing myself. There's so much further ahead of me. Like I don't, I don't allow it to make me feel badly about myself. Yeah. It just shows me a guide. And that's actually really interesting to say, well, when you're comparing, is it making you feel badly about yourself or is it motivating you? Mm. And I think you have to make that choice. Yeah. And I think um, uh, there's going to be a camp of people who say, who want to act like a victim. We've talked like this before. And they're going to let it make them feel bad or you can choose to let it motivate you. And I'm on the side of people who's going to choose that as a free guide for how I can get there. Mm. And I love that you can look at people as inspiration. I think that's really cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, How did you then, during this journey and after this journey, now it's been you know a long time, the mm-hmm. fact that you've been able to really stay on track because you found your why, because, mm-hmm. like it, it's so fantastic how you've laid that all out. The one thing I wanna touch on is, there are, I'm sure, moments where you've allowed yourself to indulge oh, or yeah. go off. Um, <laughs> How have you now allowed that to, to be a positive, giving yourself grace to do that mm-hmm. without slipping back into it and bouncing back? I know that you said it's about feeling, mm-hmm. but how do you not get then obsessed? How were you allowed to give yourself grace in certain times? So I have definitely indulged. I got into ice cream making. And it's interesting because the quarantine has been cool in a sense that it allowed me to dig into passions I didn't even know that I had, which apparently is making ice cream and baking cookies. Like, I didn't know that. Um, But yes, obviously, it makes it really hard to stay on track, right? But you just have to find what that balance is in your life. So when I'm feeling like I need some soul food, I need meditative time in the kitchen, because for me, baking and cooking Mm. is so meditative. I don't do traditional meditation. For me, it's these simple motions of creating something. I don't even need to have a podcast on or even music. I am just so happy, like making these things for hours. Um, just, I just go by if I feel like eating something, or if someone's birthday is coming up, or whatever, and I want to deliver cookies to my friends, I'll just like make it and I'll indulge a little. But I know what I'm getting into. That's the thing, right? I don't eat a cookie or a burger or whatever and being like all sad the next day when I'm bloated and my face is broke out. I make a conscious decision to be like, I'm gonna have this or I'm gonna have three of these, and this is a choice. So when you give yourself the power to make that choice and you own that choice, there is almost no slipping back Mm. because you know that that was going to bring you happiness in that moment and that you were in full control of that. Also, because of my 90-day journey, and I took so many meticulous notes on how every certain type of food made me feel and how many hours of sleep made it optimal for me to like, you know, do whatever. Now, when I feel a little bloated the next day, I literally know the formula to get myself back in either two days, three days, one day, depending how much I ate in the wrong direction. Um, it's no longer, it's not scary for me because slipping doesn't mean slipping forever and not knowing how to get back. I know my body so well and I recommend everybody, you know, at least for a period of time, journal what you eat, journal how it makes you feel, what's going on, digestives in your body, your energy and stuff, because it's no longer going to be a mystery. I feel like the whole weight loss industry, fitness industry, nutrition industry, it kind of makes you feel like 
if you don't do this specific routine or you don't eat this way, I'm you just never gonna get to your goal. That's not really true. You can start with a rigid plan, but you have to find your own flexibility to find what works for you. And it took me 90 days to figure out what works for my body, which is gonna be totally different than your body, Lisa, than anyone's body who's watching this. But it's so golden to be able to take that time and figure it out for yourself. Like I literally know exactly what every type of food will do to my body now. Ooh, yeah. that's, that's amazing that you've evolved so much that you've gotten to that point. Mm -hmm. And I love that you were saying, you know how things affect you and mm -hmm. you know what you need now. So if mm -hmm. you just want some whole, you know, soul food, you go yeah. and make yourself some ice cream. Yeah. Um, I assume then the voice in your head then isn't negative and isn't tearing yourself apart that you ate it. It's not negative as it used to be. Yeah. I think there are some times when, you know, you let yourself overindulge a little bit, maybe more than you even wanted to, and then you get a little more bloated than you wanted to, but it's not the end of the world. And for me, it's like, unless I have a big shoot coming up or, or a big workout that I need to do, then everything's fine. Mm. Like we're all fine. You've said so many incredible, powerful things. And so I really want to like tie everything up and like someone's listened to this. Okay. They're about to start. Would you suggest they go on a 90 day journey where they're journaling everything? Like what actually can people do to get started? Okay. To get started, you need to come up with your, your why. This is the most important thing. Why are you going on this journey? And this why needs to be so strong that when you fall off track or today's workout was too hard or you had the ice cream, you just like feel terrible. You're going to look at the why and be like, oh yeah, I remember. We're going to, it's going to be fine today and tomorrow. Um, that's the most important thing. Secondly, like I said, write out the rules of your plan. Mm -hmm. Like I plan to eat like this. I'm going to avoid this. I'm going to work out every day at 8 a.m. Like be so specific. And then number three, just allow yourself to be flexible and try if your original rules didn't work allow the rules to change but you do have to set out a, a, some rules otherwise you're kind of going to be lollygagging all the way around like you just have to have some of a clear direction um and write it all down you have to write down what you're eating how you're feeling how it's affecting your mood and your digestive system like all of that i think is so important because that allows you to unlock the mystery that you think is your body mm. but really you're going to be the only person who know that the best because you've been so detailed about your entire journey, which is your entire story. So that's how I would suggest getting started. Go and they can also watch your videos where you've been, basically been journaling this. So let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, I mean, if you actually want to read every single one of my 90 journal entries, they're all on my blog, blogilates.com. You can actually see how I'm changing, like uh, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally through those 90 days. I know a lot of people start reading it almost like a book. Mm. Um, but if you want to work out with me, you can download my free app, Body by Blogilates, and there's calendars and programs in there and challenges. And again, the key goal is to find the joy in whatever you're doing, be it fitness or your food or your career, just let it make you happy because that is the most important thing. I love that. Guys, 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 go check out this woman. There is a reason. This is her third time on the show. She's one of my closest friends. She's no BS. She tells it exactly how it is. She's very open with her struggles and the things that she's gone through. So guys, as a guide, go check her out. Go check out her blogs. She's freaking amazing. And she now has a line in Target. Oh my gosh.
gosh, that's right. Come on, where can people find it? Um, at all targets in the U.S., it's the end cap of the uh, the fitness aisle. Although I think we're gonna sell out even before the end of this month or something. So who knows if it'll、Amazing. still be there? <laughs> guys, guys, thank you so much for watching. If this episode did bring you value, please do share, subscribe, put in the comments below what was the most impactful thing that Cassie said today. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.